Welcome to the MomQ podcast, where we discuss all things related to building godly families and raising children of character. I'm Candace Nasser, your host and the founder of MomQ. Our episodes include both teaching messages and personal interviews that address highly relevant topics of today from a biblical perspective. February is the month we celebrate love and relationships in our culture, so we thought it would be a good time to stop and consider what real biblical love is. Is it an emotion, a feeling, or a choice? How does God love us? And what does this mean in terms of how we love our children, husbands, and others? In this episode, we have a conversation with Annie Mandrala, one of our teaching team members and resident theologian, to lay the foundation for what godly love is and also consider how we can truly love our children. Well, welcome everyone. We're talking today about love and relationships. It's February and we are starting a new theme. So love is a word that gets tossed around a lot in our culture. Everyone wants it, but we have a hard time truly giving it. God is clear that we are to love him and love others. And so today I have Annie Mandrala on with me as we are going to tease out the topic of love and relationships as we discuss what the Bible has to say about it. So welcome, Annie. It's good to have you back. It's good to be back. Yeah, so glad that you're here. It's been a month since we had you on the show. So tell us what you've been up to. Well, 2024 is off to an exciting start. We started the year on a ski trip with some friends, and unfortunately, my husband broke a rib. So he's been healing from that. God's been giving me a lot of um, opportunities to love him and have <laughs> compassion and empathy and um, and to serve him. So, mm. um, so that's been good. Our son, our oldest, got his instrument rating on his pilot's license, which was very exciting because that's something we've prayed about for a long time. And mm. just seeing God work in his heart through that whole um, process and um, just... Yeah, it's been a good month. So I'm, I'm excited for February because it feels like now the year is starting. Mm. January is like planning and prepping. And now it's like, okay, I'm ready to go. Good, good. Well, and this February is a big month for both of us because mm-hmm. you and I both have our birthdays this month. So, and um, I don't know about you, but my husband is not a fan of February <laughs> because of my birthday and Valentine's Day. It's a lot of opportunity. He says it's too much opportunity for failure. <laughs> So, um, but what about you? What are you planning for your birthday? Well, you know, it's interesting because my birthday is on the 10th and then we've got Valentine's on the 14th and then my oldest son is on the 9th. So Mm. a friend and I were talking about this yesterday, how us high achieving you know, women tend to downplay um, important okay, days. Okay, I don't have that problem. <laughs> I've always been like, birthday month for Candace. Right. I, I'm trying to get more in that mode. And so, um, yeah, so Mike is, he, you know, he's, he never knows what to do because I'm like, don't worry about me. I kind of minimize it. Um, but I I was looking at some stuff. We usually kind of celebrate, celebrate around Valentine's and I like to... Um, yeah, I prefer to celebrate my son more than anything. Mm. So, but no big plans yet. Um, have a couple lunches set up because oh, I like a, a smaller group is good for me because I like to hear. The best gift to me is hearing what's going on in other people's lives and um, sharing our stories. But I did give a gift to myself this year. 
Um, oh, what's that? I'm going to a three-day class on Trinitarianism. <laughs> okay. So, guys, this is this is classic Annie Mandrala. Yes. yes. Uh, Annie is our resident theological expert, which is why we have her on once a month to kick off our series. By the way, we're trying to come up with a name yeah. for what we're going to call this once a month um, session that mm-hmm. she and I get together and have a little theology filling our cup. So if you can think of a name, um, put it in the comments yes. or send us a DM on Instagram. We'd love to hear about it. Okay. So continue. So you're going yeah. to a Trinitarian conference. <laughs> yeah. Trinitarianism class. And obviously Mike could never come up with that. So I just say, Hey, I want to do this. Are you? And he's like, that sounds great. Go for it. So his gift is always letting me kind of figure out what I want to do and, and then giving him, me the space to do I it. I love that so much. That's so good. Well, so we're talking, as we said, about love and relationships this month. So how? let's start off by talking about how society defines love. Why don't mm. you tell us what you think and I'll chime in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we look at culture, especially Western American culture, since that's where we live and what we know, um, the culture we live in is very consumer based. And I think they look at love. I think we tend to look at love as what we can get Mm. from another person. So when we love someone, we tend to associate that with feelings, with um, happiness, with, you know, pleasant ideas. We don't look at love as um, something that costs us something Mm. or that takes work. Um, it should just come naturally with my soulmate. Oh, and yeah. the reality is love fades. So, well, the, yeah, yeah, love the way that society sees it fades. Yeah, that yeah. kind of love is very temporary, right? The whole saying, if it feels good, do it. Well, at some point, it's not going to feel good. And so when love gets uncomfortable or those feelings of love leave, then it's time to pursue it elsewhere. Right. We mm. just let we just cast off the old and and pursue something new, leaving behind a wrecking ball that tends to destroy families that have been built on this idea of love. Yet it wasn't the lasting love that God intended. Um, yeah. And it's such a shame because, you know, people just were not taught how to love people. And mm. we don't. And, and, and what we're going to get into is that we can't do it in our own strength. Right. But I think as time has gone on in in my life, as I've seen, is that we just are so confused. We want want what we want, and we think we deserve Mm -hmm. certain things, and we can't see how we're not doing what we're expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like we're embodied creatures and we we pursue what we feel and we let our emotions drive our our thinking. Yeah. And so in our culture, we settle in a sense for a very cheap love. Yes. A absolutely. counterfeit love. It really costs us little because as soon as it's not comfortable or working out, I'll just I'll get rid of it. I'll I'll move on to something different. And it stays so shallow. Yeah. The rewards are so temporary and they're fading. And so that's why I think as people seek out love in all the wrong places, I think the song goes, <laughs> you know, they they come up empty and lost. And so um, mm-hmm. this idea of love is about making me feel good. It's just wrong. It's right. just not what God designed. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always try as people to do things our own way, thinking we can do better than God's way, Mm -hmm. but that's not, 
God has a whole different definition of love. So let's talk about that. What yeah. is, how does God define love? Yeah. So God has a very specific kind of love for us. And it, so if we look at C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Four Loves, and he kind of goes through these four different types of love in Greek. And the first one is storge. And that is like a familial love. It's affection. And it, and he talks about like a pair of slippers that you like to put on. I love my slippers mm. or I, I love my dog or, you know, I love my, my coffee. Yeah. I love my coffee. You know, those things can be easily rocked. They're kind of in, unstable, temporary. Um, but in general, that's kind of the biggest kind of love that people are used to. Then we go into um, philia, which is friendship, which not everybody gets to experience that kind of love. You know, it's like our friendship. Mm -hmm. There's a delight in it and a joy from it. Neither of us are um, trying to take anything from one another. We're just enjoying being together. So side by side. Yeah, like that side by side. Um, and then eros, we're all familiar with romantic love, sexual love. It's that face to face um, connection that does have it, it does have feelings involved, a lot of passion. And so those three kinds of love can be can develop into the kind of God love that God wants for us. But what true love is, is agape love. It's the love that's given by the Father through the Son. It's unconditional. But the Bible tells us we loved because he first loved us and that when he loved us, we were still sinners and he died for us. Mm -hmm. So while we were in a state of rejecting God, a state of um, abandoning him, he pursued us. He sacrificed us for us because he loved us. There was no earning on our part. It was truly agape, unconditional love. That's sacrifice. Mm hmm. Yeah, it, this biblical love, this agape love, which also in the Old Testament is known as hesed love, God's loyal, faithful love. God from the beginning of creation was loving his the people and he was pursuing us continually into a relationship and mankind has continued to reject him, to disobey him, to not listen, but God has not given up. He has made promises and he will fulfill them, not because of what we have done, but because of what he has done and what he has promised. His love does not depend on us. And that's pretty powerful. Okay. So how in the world can we really love then? Mm, so the only way we can love is through the Holy Spirit. Mm. So in if we were to ask a person of faith, what is the highest virtue in Christianity? We might say faith, having faith is the highest virtue, but the reality is faith is a conduit to love because faith allows us to believe in God and believe in his son, Jesus, and in knowing God, who is love, God is love by definition. He is love. We continue to know him and we are transformed into his likeness and that likeness becomes love. So faith gives us access to that love. And then by that love, he calls us to go and make disciples, to go and share this love. 
Okay. And, but we can only do it through the power of the spirit in us. And so we have to have a personal relationship with Jesus to yes. receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's first and foremost. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, there's a lot of loving people in this world. There's a lot of people that do charitable things and they care about people and they, um, you know, dig wells in Africa and bring water and, and help people. And they do it out of a love, but that is a store gay love. That is just a, mm. a love that is it cannot, it is not lasting. It's a temporary love. And so to truly love like Jesus and to love like God, it is unconditional and it lasts forever. It will, it will outlast everything. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that love without action just isn't love. The only meaningful love we we see as love that's lived out. Well, and I also think about the motive behind those Sturge mm -hmm. loves because the Bible is clear that if anything we do for our own glory mm -hmm. or to make ourselves feel good, that, that's not lasting. That That's burned up and it has to be for his glory. And it's through his spirit that we're able to have that kind of love. And, and then that's what will count. That's the kind of love that counts. Right. We look at, you know, everybody knows the passage in first Corinthians 13, the wedding verses about love. It gets quoted at wedding after wedding, even though there's nothing about a wedding in it, by the way, <laughs> but it talks about how, if we do all these things, like if we speak in tongues of men, meaning we, you know, promote whatever. And, but we don't have love. It's like picking up instruments and making a bunch of terrible noise. Yes. You know? And then if we have the gifts of prophecy, this was interesting back in the first century, the gift of prophecy was the most coveted um, gift because God hadn't spoken for 400 years and they were waiting to hear from him. So getting the gift of prophecy was like achieving the greatest thing. Like maybe today being the CEO of Apple or something, you know, it's just this ultimate achievement, but really he says that is, that's nothing without love. Like we can achieve all human things, but in contrast, all those things that we think are so great compared to love, we're gaining nothing. Even it's, if we're in Christian service, yes. anything that we're doing, exercising spiritual gifts mm -hmm. in Christian service, all of it without love yeah. Is worthless. Right. It's just performance and it's us trying to to gain um, recognition for ourselves in a sense. And so then the passage goes on to, to give the spectrum of love, which I think is fascinating because it's very hard to, to give any words to love because God is eternal and infinite. And so his love is that as well. But it says love is patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy, meaning it's generous. It doesn't boast. It's humble. It's not arrogant. Instead, it's courteous. It's not rude. It doesn't self, it's not self-seeking. It isn't irritable. It's not easily provoked. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It doesn't find joy but in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. And it says love is, it never ends. It's never going to fail. It says all of these things, prophecies and tongues, all of that is going to end because it's going to be fulfilled. But what's not going to end is love. And this is also another interesting thing. I, I think about people's perception of Christianity. They think Christians are unloving people because we don't agree with everything mm. that's going on in the world. But the reality is love 
is the, um, it's the fulfillment of all things. Because if we love one another, we're not judging one another. We're seeking the highest good of another person. You know, people think Christianity is a bunch of rules. And yeah, there's the Ten Commandments. God gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments because he was trying to help them walk in a way that would lead them to the ultimate goal of love. Hmm. Because if you're not murdering someone, you're probably loving them or not thinking about hating them, (laughs) you know, or not committing adultery. Well, of course, if you're loving your spouse, there's no way you would want to betray them. If you're loving God, there's no way you're going to want to have other idols. Love fulfills all those rules, as I say in quotes. Love is the supreme thing. And that's what Jesus came to teach us was to, above all things, to love. You know, it just, it's so opposite of the way society defines love. Mm -hmm. I mean, we started off with saying that we are consumers with love. And that's exactly the opposite of what you're saying. Yeah, because it's really, it's about that. We're giving up something. We're humbling ourselves for the good of others. We're actually other-centered. We're, we're thinking about how we can serve one another because we want what's best for them. We want their highest good, not mm-hmm. our own. Yeah. It reminds me of that message you gave last um, in our series, mm-hmm. uh, Becoming a Confident Mom, about why do relationships matter? And you, theologically, you mm-hmm. base it on the relationship in the Trinity yeah. and how that others directed self-giving love is our model. Yeah. Yeah. That Trinitarian love is the picture of the Trinity, which is one reason I'm going to another three-day class on it because it's such a, an, a fascinating concept to me. We have one God, but there's three persons and within it, they're, they're glorifying one another. There is nobody's like, Hey, I'm the best. Or I'm mm. the greatest. They're like, how can I make you great? And how can I make you great? And how can I make you great? Like they want to see each other elevated. Yet within the Trinity, there is a respect for their roles. You know, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit have different roles, but but it's not that because one is better than the right, other. Right. And so in loving in our world in humanity, as we love one another, it's not we don't love, like I don't go serve the poor because I think I'm better than them. I actually want to go serve the poor or I want to serve hurting people because I want to, I want to show them how much worth and dignity they have. Mm. Just like I know that God has poured out his love on me. I want to bring that hope to others. That's so beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's love. Yeah. Love is, is looking someone in the eyes and with dignity and respect and saying, you're an, you have infinite worth, the creator of the universe created you in his likeness and created me in his likeness. And yeah, we're all fallen, broken, messed up people. But you know what? We can love each other supernaturally because God loved us first. Yeah. So tell us about an example of how you've seen that played out in your own life. Hmm. So loving others, definitely in being a mom, you know, that, that surprised me at how much I loved those kids when they came into the world and how much I love them today. Honestly, Mm. I I had an amazing conversation with one of my boys last night. I had a conversation with one of them today and I just thought, gosh, I just love these kids so unconditionally. And then I think about other relationships, um, like with my husband and how I get so selfish and 
I, I just think about myself above him and God convicts me of like, Hey, so the other day we were doing something and, uh, we were, we got a new coffee maker and he suggested how dare him suggested we move the coffee maker to another place. And I was in the middle of doing something and that really rubbed me the wrong way. And I kind of got short with him because I thought in my head internally, I'm thinking he wants me to move the coffee maker, which means I need to move all of those cups and blah, blah, blah. And I went through this crazy cycle. He's just making a suggestion and he kind of called me on it. And I thought, and I was like, you know what? I'm so sorry. I was not loving you. I was all caught up in my own business, you know, and, and he, he kind of was like, okay, you know, I mean, he was grateful. He was kind of shocked in a way like, (laughs) wow. Okay. But, um, and he got short with me too. And he apologized, but, but that was loving. Like, well, well, hold on a second. Let me slow down and, and think about him. The other from his perspective yeah, and putting from, and and putting yourself in a place of okay how can i sacrifice and make this situation what what in this situation is yeah. really important yeah i was like here in this situation i'm realizing i am a i'm the problem right now so we just admit it yeah. and then we can move on it's yeah. beautiful it thing. was beautiful just to confess it to humble myself and to say you know what you're right i'm being really rude to you and really I'm not even considering you above myself at all because my agenda is really important right now. Absolutely. And so it's sometimes harder to love our husbands. It's often harder to love our husbands than our kids. Definitely. So, um, yeah. So tell, so yeah, let's go back to your kids. Tell us about that. Yeah. And you know, honestly, loving my kids has been, that has been quite the journey because I just want to, I want their lives to turn out beautifully and I want them to not struggle and I want them Mm. to, um, but at the same time, I do want them to struggle because I know that that's the only way that they will produce character and perseverance for the trials ahead. I mean, the reality is, and I'm pretty much a realist in this sense, life is hard. Sure is. Like it's not about if we will have trouble, it's we will have trouble. And so when we have trouble, how are we going to stand through that? It's like our our series this semester in MomQ about that firm foundation. When the rains come and the winds blow, I'm going to stand strong on this. So loving my kids, and I, I guess we're kind of moving in that direction about specifically loving our kids. You know, the question is, how do we love our children? And I asked God, I'm like, God, how, how am I supposed to love them? And he said to me, he said, Annie, I need you to love them like I've loved you. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's really simple, but super profound. So I started to make a list. I'm like, okay, God, how have you loved me? And, and the first thing that came to mind was that he first loved me before he even knew me. He loved me. And it's like with our kids, before we even, um, before we had them, before they were born, as they were growing in us, before we knew each other, we were loving them so much. So much. So much. Like just anticipating that, whether you, you know, had a child, you know, out of your womb or whether you're adopted, whatever way your children came to you, the anticipation of that, there's so much love involved in that. So God said, you love Love like me. I love them first. And then second, he said, I loved you so much that I gave up my son for you. I sacrificed something. And he said, you're going to have to make sacrifices for these kids. 
Not that we're going to make sacrifices in a way that brings harm to ourselves, that we just deny all our desires right. and take care of. We have to have self-care as moms. We have to, because we cannot give to anyone what we do not have ourselves. Yes. But the idea that, you know, there's women that give up careers. There's women that give up, um, you know, a new outfit or I don't know, vacations or there's, there's financial sacrifices that I know a lot of families mm-hmm. make for their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but also sacrifices of time. You know, we want to do what we want to do. And sometimes we need to just stop what we're doing. Last night I gave up some sleep actually, because my son texted me and he's like, mom, are you awake? And I'm like, of course I'm awake. What do you mm-hmm. need? And he's like, I'll be done in 10 minutes. And like 30 minutes later, I was like, are you still up? And I thought I will drop everything right now because he wants to connect. And I'm not always going to do that, but there's times that I'm going to give up my time for my kids. Um, Yeah. Give up those. um, I mean, I know I was big into tennis when my kids were, you know, before I had kids and I had to give it up when they were little. And Mm. I mean, I, I could have done it somewhat, but to the level I was doing it, it just wasn't going to work. So yeah, you, you make sacrifices because they're the priority. Yeah. You know, when my oldest was in fifth grade, um, I gave up a lot because I chose God called me to homeschool Mm. and I was playing tennis at the time and I was on a team and I, I tried to do both. And I was like, what am I doing? This is so, I only get these kids for a very short time. My job is to steward them well, to prepare them, and then to launch them. And so I'm going to give this up because you know what? This isn't worth it. What matters is is what is these young men. And so, yeah, I agree with you. It at the mm-hmm. time it, it was a big, big choice, but now I look back, I'm like that was a, that was an easy choice. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and it's you know it's a key thing that we remember that it's not our jobs to. Um, make our kids happy when we're thinking about loving them and making sure that everything goes their way. You were talking, you were, I was thinking about this cause you were talking about how they um, they're going to have to struggle, mm-hmm. you know, and how important that is. And, and so, you know, watching, first of all, watching us go through the struggle and lean on the Lord and then allowing them that room and mm-hmm. rope in their lives to figure out what, their path is. Mm. You were telling me earlier, had a really cool quote. Yeah. I love this quote. I heard it. And then I realized it's kind of like an, it's kind of everywhere. It says, you want to prepare your child for the path, not the path for your child. So what I got from that is that we, um, we tend to over-organize our children's lives. We start building their resume from an early age, trying to direct their direction right? We want to, to set them up for the success that we think they need to have. But instead, we need to surrender our agenda. We need to surrender our plans to God's and do what he called us to. And that is to shepherd their hearts, to cultivate wisdom and virtue in them, because those are the things that they will last. It doesn't matter what their vocation is or where they live. What what they're going to take with them is is what's inside of them, the things that they've taken ownership of the integrity that we've passed on to them. And so So important. We have got to focus on character building over anything. Um, Yeah. I love that. And, and, um, and God's goal for them is, is to, to um, follow the path that he has to be adults, fathers, 
mm-hmm. husbands yes. that honor him. Yeah. My best friend and I always said, all that matters, we can have totally average kids, but what we really want for them is that they would be great husbands and great fathers. Lord willing, if God allows them, please, Lord, let them. But, you know, that we can prepare them for those because we know those primary relationships in our lives are so important and they really are the way that we pass down our faith. So how do we do that? How do we develop? How do we what are some tips that you could give Mm. to get to that point? Well, you know, lately, as I, I think about this, especially as we're teaching moms and I think we always have to start with ourselves because if we if we are not um, embodying the things that we want to pass on, we are going to pass on things that we don't want to pass on. Mm. So if we are stressed out and we are um, all we're doing is focusing on performance and grades, if we're just maintaining zero margin in our lives, if we're um, lacking joy, that's what our kids are going to catch. So mm-hmm. we need to start by feeding our souls filling up so that we can pour out those, that fruit of the spirit that starts with love, joy, Mm. peace, patience, all of those things. So start with ourselves is the first way. Good. So a healthy mom can produce healthy kids. An unhealthy mom is going to have some unhealthy kids. Mm. Um, The second thing I think we can do is after we do our soul, our soul, our soul care is that we model it. Um, We talk about it. And maybe together as a family, we serve others because loving is about serving. Mm. It's about thinking about others more highly, you know, thinking a little bit less of ourselves, not thinking about our identity. That's not what it is, but just the amount of time we spend consumed about ourselves. If our kids, if all we do on the weekend is sit there and watch them play sports what are we teaching them? Such a good point. That they become the star of the show. We want God to be the star of the show. We want God to be the center of our lives and our family. And the way we do that is we we got to put him there so we can do that in activity. Um, I think it's really um, a caution I just want to give. Um, I think it's really important when we see our kids loving well, like their siblings or friends and neighbors, that we pull them aside and we and we say, hey, I saw you do that. Mm. But we don't make such a big deal about it that they start doing things for reward and recognition, right? So, and Mm -hmm. every kid's different. Some kids will really feed on that because I think that breeds legalism and it really bankrupts grace because what we do in love, we need to just do not for any recognition. So I just kind of caution that. um, It's a good point. Yeah. You know, just to, just to discern that and every kid's different. Um, I think it's really important in loving our kids that we spend time with them, listening to them, Mm. making them a priority. Um, Some I've heard moms talk about, oh, I want to take them on a trip or blah, blah. And one of our mentor moms, she said, you know, this, the best way I've connected with my kids is in the simplest moments, you know, just take those times to stop and to listen because the way that God loves us is not because he came and told us what to do and guided and directed and, and changed our, our will. He said, here's a gift and now you get to participate. And so with our kids, we gave, we, God allowed us to give them life in this home and we walk alongside them. And so I think part of training them to be independently dependent on God, I love Dr. Dobson says that independently dependent on God 
is that we walk alongside them. We listen, we let them share what their struggles are. We validate, we offer um, advice when they want it. And then at other times we just, we pray for them. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Prayer is the key, I think, to loving our children because God is always with them. We don't have to pray. I I love, I heard a woman talking the other day about prayer and she said, we pray things like, God, please be with this person. And Mm. God's like, I'm with them. (laughs) I already said I would be with you. And so really when we pray, we say, God, thank you that you're with my child. Thank you that your promises are true. Help me to trust you. Mm. And while you're with that child, Lord, speak to them, reveal yourself. But prayer for our kids is so key, and God is always with them. He loves them so much more so than good. we do. So good. Love yeah. that. Yeah, There's um, sometimes it takes years for some mm-hmm. of those prayers, and sometimes they happen quickly. Yeah. But um, there, we can pray scripture over our kids. Yes. We can. There's like uh, the, the Praying Life by Paul Miller. Yes, such a good incredible resource to uh, tells you how to make prayer cards and different ways to be very intentional and in how you pray over mm-hmm. people and your kids. That's a great way to love people. So yeah, those yeah. are, um, and there's, there's other resources out there. So yeah, I love that book praying life by Paul mm-hmm. Miller. It really transformed my thinking about parenting because one of my boys was not displaying a servant's heart. He would see the full trash can and he would turn the other direction. <laughs> we would have a meal and he would hurry up and leave the room as fast as he could. Cause he didn't want to help clean up. And so I was reading the praying life at the time and the Lord convicted me, you need to pray for him. You need to pray for that servant's heart. And so I started praying for it. And a week later, I watched him take the trash outside and I hadn't asked him. That's incredible. I was like, what is happening? I'm like, this prayer stuff might be real. Like, (laughs) this is crazy. And I'll tell you to this day, he has the biggest servant's heart. He will be the last person to leave a room when there's a gathering. He will be the last, you know, he will empty the dishwasher when he sees it full. He takes out the trash. It's so, and, and I'm not saying that God is a genie in a bottle and that prayer, but when we pray things like a servant's heart for a child, you know what? God wants that for him too. Mm-hmm. And, um, and God will work in them. Now we also need to be aware character building does not come through just, you know, miraculously easy things. Like it's the sandpaper in their lives, right? It's the trials that build perseverance and character. So when the trials come again, we come alongside our kids. We, we support them. We validate, but we don't fix and manipulate, we don't rescue. rescue. Those things are so unloving. So unloving. So unloving. Seems loving. Yeah. It seems like the right thing to do, but right. really it's getting in God's way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's unloving. It's very unloving. So so good stuff, Annie. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much. Love having you here today. Looking forward to next month. Yes. We're going to be talking about humility. Woohoo! So that'll be another really fun conversation. And um, so, yeah. yeah, see you soon. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, please feel free to share it with others who might be interested. You can also give us feedback in the comment section, and we would love to hear from you. 
If you have any questions about anything you heard today or would like to suggest topics for us to cover in the future, message us on Instagram and Facebook at MomQ512. We'll see you back here in just a couple of weeks.